0: Well, schools are starting back up. And in fact, I was talking to somebody today. I didn't realize that the first college football game is uh, going to be on television, I think, this, this coming weekend. But the question is, uh, how many schools are back open and high school sports, what are they doing? Everything came to a halt. Even the cheerleaders of the pep squads were canceled. Really bad news if you're the CEO of Varsity Spirit. In varsity brands and BSN Sports, are the people that supply all of the equipment to all of these people all over the country? They do it uh, all from our area. Adam Blumenfeld the CEO of Varsity Brands and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, David. It is a pleasure as always to see you and hear you. Well, so you took a year off, <laughs> an for a forced year off, I would guess. What, tell, me about, tell me what's happening now. Are, there, are they back playing sports again? Are the pep squads active? How's business?
1: You know, it's, it's, it has been a crazy year and a half. Um, for sure, sports are back uh, in Texas, but also around the country. And we've seen a real powerful bounce back in the last five months on our sports segment, particularly um, multiple sports being played at the same time pent-up demand for getting ready for the 21-22 school year, and out-of-school select sports. So with the kind of die-down of COVID during the summer, you saw a lot of optimism and people really getting back into the game. With the Delta variant, it's continued that the strength of, of the, the demand has continued, but there's a cautious optimism out there that what the next, uh, you know, six to 12 months looks like is going to be governed by vaccines and, uh, you know, proper participation by the schools and school districts out there to keep our kids safe. I
0: mean, it occurs to me, you operate in so many different areas that there are not many people that have the sense that you do of what the various schools are doing. And, and so I guess if they're not doing if they're doing virtual
1: learning, they're not doing sports either. Right. Or are they? You know, back when the pandemic was at full steam, virtual learning was everywhere and sports weren't being played in an organized fashion. But I am seeing, and we have a customer in every zip code in the U.S., so we do have a unique perspective. Uh, We are seeing in-person learning being the rule of thumb almost everywhere now, uh, even in the most affected territories. I just came back from New Orleans, Louisiana, where there's a vaccine mandate in place for the entire city bars, restaurants, hotels, and schools, but still sports are being played on time uh, as scheduled. And, and all sports, because there, there's such a distinction.
0: You know, as a parent, we used to talk about, you know, whether our kid was sort of an individual sport kind of kid or a team sport kind of kid, and then there are some that are that are inside, closer area, some, you know, football that's outside where it'd be easier. I'm, I'm just
1: curious if they all came back. You know what? It's interesting. Across the board, we monitor every sport category in every region of the country. And it's been universal. The bounce back, with the exception of maybe baseball, because it was a little too early in the spring season um, in 21, everything else came back really nicely. Yeah, And again, this other enormous
0: business that you have. The varsity spirit, which is cheerleading, and then cheerleading, we pep squads, and so it incorporates a lot more people. And that's another one of those things that seed is an important part of school. It's it's uh, it's team building and self-confidence, that sort of thing. Are they back?
1: Well, you know, you make a great point, which is cheerleading is a lot more than standing on the sidelines and cheering and performing athletic moves. It's in kind of investing in that school, the pride, the spirit, the student engagement. They drive that. And so uh, the cheerleading in the schools is coming back. Uh, We've seen demand tick up nicely, but as you know, people's comfort in going to large group events and traveling on airplanes is a mixed bag. And so I think we're going to see in the the third and fourth quarter of this year, and particularly the first half of 22, that come back to full steam. Again, if we stay on pace with the vaccinations, boosters, what have you. You
0: know, I hadn't really thought about that. A lot of that travel is is by bus. I mean, really confined area. And you got a whole lot of people
1: that are not that are not vaccinated. Well, I'll tell you, it is true, and it's scary. about for the folks that are that are non-vaccinated, but the protocol that we have had to put in place, I feel like that really this company has the gold standard for a large group event protocol. You know, we, we're the largest camp provider in the world. We run about twenty one hundred camps per year uh, nationally, and the protocol we've had to put in place for home camps and stay away camps in the midst of this has taught us a lot about what even post-COVID camp and life and competition life could look like to make it as safe as possible for the people that, that are coming.
0: So what's your corporate life been like for the last year and a half? <laughs> I would guess, I, I mean, there was a deal, and we talked about this at the time, I guess it was three, four, five years ago, that Bain Capital came in and gave you just, you know, took out uh, took out a major part of the company, and you've, got, you've now got partners that have deep pockets. I would guess that would be very comforting during a period of pandemic
1: well it is you know it's great to have partners like BenCap who are not just great financial uh, masters but they're also tremendous strategic thought partners they've helped us at, at a board level navigate the process we actually raised 185 million dollars in the midst of the pandemic in march or april of the pandemic which was a testament to the business model and and how unique the business really is because you know it is true if you're servicing the school business and you're in the middle of a pandemic, you're going to be negatively affected. And we were. However, being able to sustain that and then to be able to invest and take on inventory to fight back the challenges of the likes of the supply chain constraints that are being seen worldwide and domestically, it gives us a unique opportunity to take care of schools when other people just don't have that capability.
0: Yeah, I had really thought about that, but nobody can get product right now. But you had so much stuff pushed back on you, I guess, that you know, institutions failed to take delivery of that your your
1: warehouses were full. Well, no, it's a great point. I mean, well, listen, Nike and Under Armour and others depend on us as their their main go to market strategy and portal for scholastic and institutional team sales. And so the fact that we have, you know, multiple warehouses, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of square feet of warehousing space and embellishment and decoration capabilities, INSIDE OUR ECOSYSTEM, IT GIVES US THE CHANCE TO TAKE WHAT IS ABOUT $150 MILLION OF ON-HAND INVENTORY AND TURN IT AS FAST AS HUMANLY POSSIBLE. BUT HAVING SAID THAT, IT DOESN'T MEAN THAT THERE AREN'T CHALLENGES. Um, IT IS STILL VERY DIFFICULT uh, TO GET PRODUCT FROM OVERSEAS, TO GET FABRICS FROM OVERSEAS. Uh, PORTS ARE SHUT DOWN IN BOTH CHINA AND THE U.S. The A HUGE BACKLOG TO GET STUFF INTO THE COUNTRY. SO MAKE NO MISTAKE, IT'S HARD, BUT WE FIND OURSELVES IN A UNIQUE POSITION TO TAKE CARE OF DISTRICTS AND SCHOOLS, uh, in a way that, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, a company of our ilk wouldn't have been able to do. But,
0: but what about getting it from your warehouses to the
1: institution that's, that's the end buyer? That's been a hiccup, too. It has been, you know, just basic transportation is running a little bit slower than normal. But there's been another shift that's important, which is ship to school versus ship to home. And now with the pandemic, everybody wants their product shipped to their house instead of to the schoolhouse. And so you can imagine what has to happen inside your company yeah. to the supply chain distribution process and the packing lines. The, so so the every, line. instead of
0: everything going to one address, it's going to 30 addresses.
1: Yeah, it might be going to 300 or 3000 addresses. Oh so we've God. had to become a very skill skilled, ship to home, uh, direct to consumer type of company. But I have to tell you, the lessons we've taught ourselves and had to learn around digital and virtual selling uh, have been Irreplaceable and we'll continue to leverage those efficiencies as we exit COVID to serve our customers faster, better, quicker.
0: Well I and I and I'm convinced you all have made the adjustment. My guess is some of your competitors might not have. And this was not a particularly crowded field, but I would guess it's a lot less crowded after the pandemic.
1: Well I'll tell you we have literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of competitors around the country. They happen to be small mom and pop regional players, local players, traditionally, and you know, they don't have the capacity, unfortunately, to weather some of the changes in customer demand that the pandemic has put on the business. So we are seeing uh, some of that fall out. We've also seen vendors consolidate around people that can pay their bills. Like you mentioned, Bain Capital, uh, our balance sheet gives us the chance to really work with these partners in a unique way.
0: You know that's really interesting because you were one of those small regional competitors at one point in time. You and your father started the. I guess it was was a BSN.
1: It was the original. It, it was. You know, people forget this was a family, and still in some ways feels like a family business, despite the fact that we have six thousand employees nationwide. Uh, this started as Blumenfeld Sportnet, BSN Sports, and it was my dad selling tennis nets out of the back of a van in Memphis, Tennessee. And then we moved to Dallas in the early 80s. I grew up packing trucks of dodgeballs and tennis nets um, <laughs> you know, as a family business. So this has changed a whole lot. The pandemic adds an entirely different spin on it. But we were one of those small businesses that was so negatively impacted by things like this. It's one of the reasons, candidly, we always knew that this business needed to scale to be able to protect itself and protect its customers if things got strange.
0: Well, and diversified, too, because you're not just entirely you know, tied to selling dodgeballs, you, you know, spirit, exactly spirit, right. spirit had to be one of the best acquisitions you made.
1: Well, you know, the combination of, of what we do at BSN with varsity spirit and herf Jones, which is our achievement division, diplomas, fine papers, right. caps and gowns, yearbooks allows us to be a, a legitimate one-stop shop for a school. And it's just a completely different relationship than when you're selling equipment only back in the day, we only sold equipment. And heavy equipment, CapEx right. equipment like bleachers and benches, we still do that and actually ship it in a day, but 60% of our revenue on the sports side is now apparel and uniforms instead of equipment.
0: That's a fascinating business, and and, and as we now know, a really necessary business. Adam Blumenfeld the CEO of Varsity Brands. We always enjoy our, our conversations. Thank you very much for the time.
1: David, thank you so much for reaching out.
0: Thanks for more of our conversation with Mr. Blumenfeld. Go to krld.com/slash-ceo. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.